Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Friends Fantasy Benefits Baseball Podcast. I am Justin Mason, lead fantasy analyst and writer at FriendsFantasyBenefits.com. Joining me on this episode is Randy Haynes. Randy, how you doing? Hey, Justin. How's it going? It's uh, freezing here in Baltimore today, so mm. I'm missing missing baseball more than normal. But other than that, everything's all right. I, I do not miss those uh, D.C. metro area uh, uh, winters. I, I just don't. Yeah, and it's probably the windiest day of the year so far today, so it's just just lovely. Mm, yeah, no, it's. Uh, <laughs> I, I forget that we actually have a lot of guys from from that uh, Maryland, D.C., uh, Virginia area, uh, and uh, that's where I grew up. And so it's uh, it's interesting because we get to talk about uh, my you know team now. But you're an Orioles fan, and I, I grew up with the Orioles around me. I wouldn't say I was necessarily an Orioles fan growing up. That's how I ended up a Giants fan when I moved out here. Uh, but it's nice to have an Orioles fan on this pod because it's one of the few teams that are probably going to be worse than my San Francisco Giants. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> Just had to throw that dig out there. So, <laughs> we are talking about San Francisco Giants today. Uh, I imagine this is going to be a fairly quick podcast because I don't know that there is a ton of fantasy value to be had on this team. Um, outside of your NL only leagues, where every team has fantasy value, so, but we'll we'll jump right into it. We'll start with uh, Buster Posey. Uh, he is coming off a injury plague season, had off season uh, surgery. He is expected to be back probably in early Mayish. I want to say though, some 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 places have him even potentially being ready for opening day. What are your thoughts on drafting Buster Posey this year? Yeah, I'm a little. There's definitely a discount this year compared to years past, but it wasn't as deep of a discount as I thought it would be coming off of a season where he hit five home runs. I mean, like you mentioned, the injuries definitely played a part into that. It was a his lowest amount of games played since 2011, but he's still going inside the top hundred in a couple of drafts right now, and I, I can't pay that price for a catcher that is. Kind of is he kind of just empty batting average at this point in his career? I mean, with in the lineup isn't going to really help him accumulate that many stats. So if this if he's going inside the top hundred, I'm I'm pat. It's a hard pass for me. 
Yeah, it's it, it's going to probably be a hard pass for me to at, at that draft uh, spot. I mean, one of the things that made Buster Posey such a valuable player was uh, you knew you were going to get more plate appearances than the average catcher. So if an average catcher is getting between 300 and 450 plate appearances, you knew that Buster Posey was going to give you 600 plate appearances with a premium average, which you don't often see with catchers. Uh, you were going to get a little pop, but nothing out of the ordinary. But it was it was the fact that while a lot of other catchers really hurt you, Buster Posey was a huge plus, especially in the batting average department. I think he can still be that, but I don't think there's any way he gets back to 600 plate appearances. Uh, I think even Steamer and Death Charts projections, which have him playing 130 games uh, and getting 550 plate appearances or thereabout, uh, is pretty uh, a, a pretty rosy projection. I, I, I'd be a little bit more conservative on that, and so I think I'm probably out on Buster Posey as well this year. Yeah, and yeah, we've talked about this in the staff chat off and on about how little it takes to actually become a top 10, 12 catcher. But it, he'll get there, like I said, assuming health, but you're still, like I said, the discount really isn't there this year. His max pick right now on NFBC is 172. If he's going in the 160s, 170s, I'll hop on, but I just don't think. I think with the name value and people still see the 280 average last year, even in a down year, and they're – they're definitely not taking the discount that should probably be there. So, yeah, I'm going to pass on Posey. All right. Uh, let's just move around the infield. Uh, actually, I'm just going to throw the entire infield at you, and you can tell me <laughs> if there's anybody that really interests you because you've got at first base, you have Brandon Belt who can't stay healthy. You have Joe Panic who can't stay healthy. You have Brandon Crawford who's a fantastic defensive player but offensively has had pretty much one good season and the rest has been probably below league average. Uh, and then Evan Longoria, who was had trouble staying healthy last year uh, and really disappointed when he was healthy. Is there anybody in this infield you're really targeting? Targeting, no. Uh, I mean, Longoria has always been a been kind of a favorite of mine over the last several years, but I was kind of, you know, we mentioned the injuries with Longoria, but his, his walk rate had been declining each of the last several years with Tampa, but it really kind of cratered. Last year with the Giants, down to 4.3% walk rate. K rate jump up to 19.7%. So if he's just going to just not even be a good hitter at this point and be barely league average, there's there's nothing there. I mean, we've seen Brandon Belt with his with kind of his performance fluctuate from high average and low power to where he sacrificed some some of the batting average for power starting, last, starting in 2017 and then carried over into a little bit into last year, into 2018. But they're... I guess they're kind of corners in a 15-teamer, but you're they're always going to be somebody that you're looking to replace, even if you do draft them as your as your corner in a 15-teamer. And as far as Crawford and Panic go, Crawford I guess could be a middle in a 15-teamer, but again, you're always going to be looking to replace him with whatever the flavor of the week is. Yeah, I think uh, when you're talking about like Panic and Belt, if they end up getting traded they could have a lot more value than they do now. And, and there's there has been talk uh, of both guys being traded. I don't know how the Giants will trade Brandon Belt's contract without eating <laughs> all of it because I think he's owed like $17 million a year for like the next three or four years. Uh, and uh, Panic is... I mean, he. I think he's not, he's not making very much money, so I think he'd be easier traded. 
he's also got probably the less upside no matter where he ends up, uh, even if it's, you know, a nice spot like, you know, Yankee Stadium. Um, so, uh, you know, there's part of me that really saw the swing change in Brandon Belt last year and was really excited. Uh, I've been a long, a long time Brandon Belt detractor. Uh, when a lot of other people in the industry were very high on him, I changed my tune after seeing the swing change last year, and uh, there was a huge power outburst in the first half, and then he started getting hurt again, and you know concussions and other injuries. And um, if he comes into the season healthy, and that swing change is still from last year is still there, he's a guy I'll probably look to invest in, especially in deeper on base percentage formats because he does take a lot of walks. Uh, as far as the rest of the infield, I don't know that Panic is ever going to be healthy long term. Uh, he's had you know serious back issues, had trouble staying on the field. Uh, Longoria, while I think he, if he's healthy, he could probably be a, a league average third baseman. That doesn't really interest me that much at 33 years old in a bad hitter's park. Uh, and Brandon Crawford, I like in NL only because his defense is so good. He's going to play every day, no matter what. And that's about it. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. All these guys have NL only value, but the mixed league is just, if belt does get traded, obviously he could get traded basically anywhere and get a park boost. So Mm -hmm. that would be nice. That would be nice. But, but again, even once he gets traded, he still needs to, he still needs to stay on the field to provide some value. Yeah. I just don't know how they trade him like i said with that contract yeah. it's it, it it didn't seem smart at the time but they were trying to get ahead <laughs> of a of a potential breakout uh he is owed 16 million dollars a year for the next three years oh that's uh, which yeah. isn't necessarily that bad of a contract in the grand scheme of things but he's there's no way that he should be bidding getting paid 16 yeah, exactly. million dollars and brian dozier just got nine million today so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and his panic i don't see anybody really trading for just panic maybe he gets tossed into a deal with maybe one of the relievers that we're going to talk about later but i don't see anybody a- actively seeking just joe panic uh i would tend to agree with that but he's cheap like he, he's true true he's, he's getting paid 3.8 million dollars this year so. yeah true. okay so that's it's, maybe he maybe he does get a and he's return, got I get a better return one more year of arbitration so it's it's he's cheap he's a guy who can be a decent table setter uh you know he he tends to you know walk at uh a a good enough rate to keep last year was obviously a down year with a lot of injuries though i mean every year's been he he's never played 140 games at the major league level so uh but you know, he's a guy who could put up a 340 OBP, be a nice number two hitter, uh, but at this and cost nothing. So for a team like the Brewers that maybe just wants someone to hold the place of, uh, you know, for for uh, her, yeah, yeah, before Hira comes up, I think Panic might be an interesting fit. You know, it doesn't cost them very much, and uh, probably won't cost them much in terms of prospects either. So uh, let's move on into the outfield. Because uh, we're already talking longer about uh, <laughs> these <laughs> players than I expected to. Uh, they have Mac Williamson, uh, Stephen Duggar, and um, uh, Chris Shaw, who are projected the three outfielders. Also, Austin Slater, uh, Alan Hansen, who, who could also play some infield as well, uh, who are slated to be kind of platoon partners and, and bench options. Uh, 
I'm just going to be honest. Any of these guys interest you at all? I mean, I, I, I typically like to go player by player, but these players are so mediocre uh, that I don't know that it, it's worth the time to invest in player by player. So is there anybody that interests you on out of these guys? Yeah, that's kind of how I'm looking at it. They're all kind of lumped together, and I don't think any of them are – I mean, you're the you're the Giants fan, so you obviously know better than I do, but none of these guys are locked into their – position really if you're drafting now you're getting at least getting guaranteed playing time they're all kind of fighting with each other for the plate appearances and you know they've all got their own little their own little you know positives and negatives Williamson's got a little more power Duggar can run a little bit Slater's kind of yeah maybe if you squint hard enough you can see a 15-15 season out of him but it's (laughs) it's just it's kind of if you're really trying to get a Giants outfielder in a mixed league I guess just Look into these guys, pick whichever one you like the best, and and roll the dice. They're none of them are going drafted in every league, and they shouldn't be. Hanson's, I guess, a little interesting because you get some dual eligibility. But if he's not playing every day, there's not going to be any any real mixed league value. So, so yeah, I mean, just <laughs> I guess if you really want a Giants outfielder, look into these guys and pick one. If I got to pick one, I'll take a chance on Williamson's power. But I'm not. Uh, again, I don't even know if I'll have any shares of him this year. Yeah, I, I doubt I'm going to have any shares of any of these guys. Um, I think if we're talking about, like, NL only, um, obviously all all of these guys will have some level of value uh, in terms of NL only. I, I think uh, uh, Duggar, Duggar, I don't know even how they pronounce it, uh, I think his spot is probably safest out of the outfielders. Because I don't for playing I, center, yeah, yeah, because he's center fielder. I don't really see another center fielder on. I mean, I guess Williamson could play center, though, because uh, he's he's a pretty decent uh, defender and has uh, some speed. Um, but I think right now Duggar is is expected to kind of be the everyday guy, uh, and so like he's probably a guy I'd invest in in NL only because I'm getting him for cheap. Williamson as well. He made a swing change and then had a really bad injury uh, that cost him the majority of the season uh, and came back late uh, and just didn't look the same. But he made a swing change that really provided a lot of power in AAA. Uh, Shaw's got a lot of power in that bat, but man, does he strike out a lot. Um, Mm -hmm. He, I think, struck out about 37% of the time at the major league level. Uh, And while he does walk, he walked at a a double-digit rate uh, at the major league level last year. Like, he struck out 34% of the time in AAA uh, and then 30% at AAA in 2017. Like, this is a guy who strikes out a lot at every level. Uh, And the Giants probably just keep running him out there because what the hell are they playing for? But Yeah, exactly. uh, So maybe this is a Joey, like a Joey Gallo, like, ultralight. Um, you know, a guy who could provide really, really cheap power at the end of a, a really deep draft. But even that, I, I don't know that I want a ton of shares of, of, of Chris Shaw either. Yeah, pick him up when you see they're about to go to course for a series. That's, <laughs> that might be about it for him. <laughs> uh, let's. Uh, uh, is there anybody else on the uh, in terms of the offense you want to talk about before we move into the pitching? Sorry, man, can't I can't scratch anything yeah. up off of you. You, you don't want to talk guys. about Pablo Sandoval. <laughs> So uh, not not about fantasy. I mean, we can talk about him just uh just as a person in general, but not yeah, about his twenty nineteen like fantasy dude. value. Right? Yeah. So, uh, the let's move into the starting rotation. Then this is probably where we're going to get the majority of our fantasy value uh, from for for this team. Madison Bumgarner, 
is the ace of the rotation, uh, should be finally entering a season healthy for the last couple years. He's had a little bit of injury issues. So uh, what are your thoughts on Madison Bumgarner in 2019? Yeah, I mean, the his his steady decline over the last couple of years, injuries aside, are kind of well documented. Um, the injuries are have both been extremely fluky. So I don't, I'm not so much worried about his health per se, as I just am the, the steady decline in performance. And there's, there's still the, you're still not paying full sticker price for Madison Bumgarner from a name perspective, but he's going right now as the 25th pitcher off the board, and I, I don't see a scenario where I'm, where I'm paying that, where you can get, you know, David Price is kind of a similar, similar projections for this season, and he's going roughly 20 picks later. I don't see myself owning a lot of Bumgarner. I think if you're taking him there, you're crossing your fingers that you can get 200 innings out of him, and he'll be fine. You know, he'll probably be in a mid three ZRA, decent enough whip, and because he's getting 200 innings, he'll accumulate the strikeouts. But if he misses any kind of time, it's it's really going to hurt you taking him that high. Yeah, I'm. I, I've talked about Baumgartner a lot over the last year and a half or so. Uh, and as much as the the injuries he had were about as fluky as you can get, um, I mean you know RV accident, yeah. so yeah, <laughs> um, yep. um, so <laughs> yeah, and a comebacker, yeah, yeah. So I mean, it, they're super fluky. That being said, I don't know that he was ever healthy after that ATV uh, ATV crash, and uh, he never looked right. It, this is coming from someone who's probably seen every single Madison Bumgarner start he's ever had at the major league level. Uh, he just, he just never looked right. The, the command never seemed to fully come back. Uh, and the, the thing about Bumgarner is he was an elite starting pitcher, uh, partially on the backs of the fact you knew you were going to get a hundred or 200 plus innings from him. Like you knew it, uh, because he's not an elite strikeout pitcher. So, Part of what made him an elite pitcher was you were getting elite ratios, enough Ks, but a ton of innings uh, all piled up, and the combination of those things made him an elite pitcher. The innings part is no longer guaranteed, and we saw real regression last season uh, and really over the course of the last two seasons with the injuries in the strikeout department. And so that, that to me, is are huge red flags and then you talk about the fact that he's going into the last year of his deal uh, with the Giants. Uh, and the Giants aren't going to be competing this year. They have to move him. Uh, and right now, like the, the two most likely landing spots that have been talked about for, for Bumgarner is Milwaukee and Philadelphia. Not great spots for a player like Bumgarner, who doesn't have an elite, velo- elite velocity and has really benefited a ton from playing in AT&T Park, which is probably the most cavernous stadium uh, or a park in, in all of baseball. So I'm I'm very uh, skeptical that if he gets traded away, that there's any way he can post a low threes ERA. Uh, I'm very skeptical of the innings total. Uh, there is not a chance Madison Bumgarner will be on any one of my teams. Yeah, same here. And you brought up a very good point about getting traded. They should trade him. He's likely to get traded. I mean, he might even get traded before the season starts. And unless he gets a big uptick in skills back towards what he was a few years ago, even whatever 
win probability, you know, increase he gets is going to be destroyed by the park that he goes to mm-hmm. because he's in, like you said, he's in the best possible park, not just for him, but really for any pitcher, especially one that isn't a big, isn't a huge strikeout guy. And if he's going to have a sub 20% K rate in, in Milwaukee or in Philly or pretty much any other contender that you can probably think of, it's just, it's not going to go well for somebody that is like, you know, like we said, he's going in the top 75 picks right now. Yeah, for for his career, uh, he's given up almost twice as many home runs uh, on the on the road uh, than he has at home, which makes a ton of sense. Like I said, in in terms of he's been pitching in San Francisco, which is a fantastic home uh, park. Uh, if you look at last year's number, it's really drastic. He had a one sixty three ERA at home last season, a four ninety seven road ERA. Yeah, that's in, in that, virtually that's it right same there. amount of innings. Yeah. There three three more home innings than than away innings. Uh this is a ticking time bomb uh once he gets traded. Uh and as much as I love Baumgartner and as a Giants fan, I love Madison Baumgartner even though he can be kind of a jerk. Um, <laughs> you know, what he did for our franchise, you know, he'll he'll be a giant forever in my mind. Uh, but I, I want nothing to do with Madison Bumgarner uh, in 2019. Yep, fully and, agree. and beyond, for that matter. Yeah, sell in dynasty leagues if you if, yep. you, if you even can. I mean, <laughs> well, so, someone in in the FWFB dynasty league just bought uh, Madison Bumgarner and then tried to sell him to me, and the answer was no, <laughs> oh, Brennis. Yeah. <laughs> Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Well, actually, in that in that trade, Colin got Miles Mikolas in return, and I, I mean, they're kind of the same pitcher for 2019, don't you? Don't you kind of think if you're comparing if you're comparing guys, and Mikolas is going about around later than what Bumgarner is right now. So there's another guy besides another like I guy I probably Price. don't want on my fantasy team either. Uh, but but if you're if you're comparing prices, I would rather have Mikolas at his price than Bumgarner if I'm forced uh, to choose. I, I think I. I agree with you, but again, yeah, I, um, I, I don't know that I want. Uh, <laughs> yeah, some Mich- some regression. Is, yeah, regression is coming Nicholas's way, but I would still rather take him a round or two later. For than sure. Where I mean, the question becomes. I mean, you got to look at the other guys going around, both of them, and um, pulling up the NFBC ADP right now. So right now, uh, Bumgarner is going around pick sixty nine. Nice, Nicholas going <laughs> around pick eighty five. Uh, you, you got David Price, Zach Wheeler uh, going right below them, Charlie Morton, Luis Castillo, Carlos Martinez, all going below them there. Uh, I'm taking all those guys over both of them. So, Yeah, couldn't agree more. All right, let's 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 talk about the rest of the rotation. You've got uh, Jeff Samarja, uh, you have uh, Andrew Suarez, Derek Rodriguez, and my boy Chris Stratton. Um, manning out the rest of that rotation. Obviously, Johnny Cueto uh, will miss the entire season, uh, or most likely miss the entire season after having Tommy John surgery uh, this last year. So, uh, are which one of the? Or I'm, I'm sure at least one of these guys has got to be interesting to you. But which one 
Uh, and if there's more than one, feel free to talk about him. Uh, Suarez is a little a little bit interesting. Um, he's especially for someone that's not even being drafted in all leagues right now. Uh, Steamer really likes Suarez, which I was kind of surprised at. But he also, if you kind of look, he's got four pitches, um, and they're not none of them are anything special, but none of them are are really terrible either. It all kind of looks like he's got four like league average to sub league average pitches, which is kind of it kind of reminds me a little bit of like maybe a poor man's Jordan Montgomery, who is somebody that was everybody's darling last year. I'm not projecting Suarez to put in that kind of production, but if you're looking to take a flyer, you know, super late in your draft, this is a guy that's not even being drafted in every league. And we talked about the, the park boost that a guy like Bumgarner has been getting for years um, in AT&T or whatever. They just, you guys just changed the name of the stadium too, didn't you? Not to get off track. Yeah, but. we're, or, <laughs> I guess Oracle, I saw that yesterday. Oracle, yeah. uh, because the, the Warriors who've played at Oracle Arena yeah, that's for true. years yeah, yeah. are moving into the same kind of area, and so it's now going to be one. I hate gotcha. that. It's, it's yeah, uh, everybody's going to call it AT&T yeah. for another decade or so. But anyway, yeah, I mean, Suarez, obviously a nice park boost. Um, I, I kind of like him as a, as a late flyer. Um, the rest of the guys, I, I can't talk about Chris Stratton. That's your, that's your territory. I'm not going to, not going to talk about him there. Uh, Derek Rodriguez, no thanks. I was kind of surprised he's being drafted in, in every league and ahead of some guys like, like Anthony DiSclefani that I like a little bit more. Um, and that's really it. I could see a Samarja bounce back, but the health really kind of scares me. And he is 34 years old now. I think Suarez is an interesting guy uh, because you know, he's a guy who throws four pitches. Uh, I think he just needs a little bit different of a pitch mix because the slider is absolute garbage. Um, but the curve is actually decent. It didn't play extremely well last year. I'd almost rather see him kind of ditch the slider, or at least throw it. Uh, he's thrown it about 24% of the time. I'd almost rather he see him throw the curveball 24% of the time or maybe even work a little bit backwards. Suarez is a guy I think for deeper formats is and only obviously is a guy that I think I'll be targeting a little bit. Uh but even 15 team leagues I think is a guy that worth, you know, maybe a reserve spot. Uh because he, he threw 160 innings last year, so you got to think that there's a chance that he can get closer to 200. Uh and like you said, Steamer and depth charts really seem to like him, have him as a sub uh, for ERA guy. I don't know if I'm putting him sub four, but I think four is maybe the right spot. Uh, enough strikeouts to make him interesting. The, the park will help with uh, you know a little bit of the homeritis we saw last year from him. But he's got a decent co- uh, command and control. He, he's not a guy that's going to light your league on fire. He's not going to win you your league or anything like that, but... I don't think he's a guy that's going to hurt you. And if you've taken some more chances uh, at the beginning of your draft with some of your pitchers, he's one of those guys that very, uh, maybe like a poor man's Kyle Gibson, where he's going to stabilize some ratios towards the end uh, for you and just kind of give you lackluster innings, but they're innings nonetheless. um, And they're not going to hurt you in the same way that maybe some of the uh, more volatile, high upside uh, end game plays uh, might. Yeah, and I mean, could he, with the park boost, could he maybe just be this year's Derek Rodriguez and go on like a really nice like six week run and really, and really help out teams in the in the middle of the season? I, I could see that for him this year. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Derek Rodriguez is a guy that I think is gonna uh, feel some massive regression. 
Uh, yeah, definitely. I, I think uh, he is going to be a really nice bullpen piece at some point. They're going to give him a shot in the rotation because he pitched so well uh, in limited time, but uh, the skills do not support what he did last season. Um, and so I think people, if people are drafting him, I don't even know where he's going in terms of ADP. It's a mistake. The guy I really like in, in the rotation for the price is Jeff Samarja. Now, Jeff Samarja was absolutely atrocious, uh, never was healthy last season. Uh, but prior to last season, he had had five consecutive seasons with over 200 innings thrown. Uh, he does it with, you know, not necessarily amazing ratios or anything like that, but it's a ton of innings, a ton of strikeouts. Uh, he, you know, he could probably keep it around a four ERA, and that in itself has a ton of value in today's game. What are the chances you think that Jeff Samarja can return to the player he was just in 2017? Uh, I think the chances are, like you said, as good as long as the health is willing. I think he's somebody that will know. I mean, I think we'll know pretty early in the season whether he's healthy or not, because like you mentioned, he was just he was just atrocious the entire time he pitched last season, and it was pretty obvious that he wasn't healthy, and he's always been a decent enough whip guy, because he doesn't really walk a lot of guys, so if he can get back to that, um, I think it's, and like as you said, he's going free, he's not even being drafted in all NFBC drafts right now, so he's even somebody that I might even take over Suarez, I know I mentioned I like Suarez, but as things as draft season really starts to heat up and Samarja gets a spring training start or two in there and he looks decent enough, maybe his, his draft price ticks up a little bit. I already have like four shares of just, <laughs> I think in, in like all three of the drafts I've done already this year, I've gotten Jeff Samarja in. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, I'm going to have lots of Jeff Samarja shares uh, going into the price is so cheap. And this was a guy that, has the skills to be a top 25, top 30 starter. And when you're getting a guy like that outside the top 300 picks, uh, it, it's wor- worth the gamble. So, uh, You are listening to the Friends of Fantasy Benefits Baseball Podcast. All preseason long, we'll be bringing you the most in-depth analysis to get you ready for your drafts. There will be 30 team previews with 30 prospect previews during the month of January. That's 60 podcasts in 30 days. Then, we will be dropping almost daily pods until the start of the season. You can also get your 2019 draft guide called The Fantasy Benefit in ebook and paperback on Amazon.com. Or if you prefer, you can get it via email in PDF form. It has over 250 pages of analysis, player profiles, ranks, strategy guides, and prospect information for cheaper than the magazine you get in the store. Plus, we'll be updating both PDF and ebook all the way until draft season is over for any changes that happen in the landscape of fantasy baseball. Stay tuned all preseason long to Friends of Fantasy Benefits so you can be ahead of the curve. You know, I, I know everybody wants me to talk about Chris Stratton, um, so I, I guess I will. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, go for it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you take the floor for him, man. Uh, as much as he, he really fell apart uh, after a really he, – he started off the season really nicely. Uh, you know, was, I believe, like 8-0 to start the year. Uh, you know, things were going very well for him, and then things fell apart. Uh, part of what fell apart for him was as Posey stopped catching for him, he lost a lot of Posey's elite framing. Uh, 
which was something I mentioned uh, in in terms of uh, when when I was talking about him prior to the season, but also in season, that you couldn't start him when Hundley was catching him, uh, because Hundley is a truly atrocious framer, um, and uh, and Posey is a very good framer, and Stratton is the kind of guy with his curveball and working around the edges that really needs someone to pull in that ball and get kind of some of those strikes calls. Uh, he did not get that with Hunley, and then uh, and then obviously he gave up just too many home runs. Uh, I I still think because he's going to get some run that he's going to have some NL only value, uh, and he he should be better in terms of what he put up than last year. Uh, is that make him a mixed league option? No, uh, but uh, there is no price attached to him this year, so I, I'm probably going to dive back in again. On uh, or in NL only. Yeah, and he had this this his strain rate last year was a little unlucky, so maybe that bounces back a little bit in his favor. And yeah, you're right, he's not a mixed league option, but any pretty much any Giants starting pitcher is going to have some kind of streaming relevance and two start relevance in mixed leagues, depending on what the matchups are. So I don't think I don't think anyone should ignore Chris Stratton even once the season starts. Keep him on your watch list and. You know, like you like you brought up a very good point. If you see Posey's catching him, and it's a you know a daily league or a, a you know a league where you can make ad drops kind of whenever you want, not a weekly fab league, that's something to keep an eye on. If it, if you see where Posey is going to be catching him, yeah. All right, um, moving into the bullpen, uh, Will Smith is projected to be the closer to start the season. I don't know that Will Smith is on this team to start the season. And so I think people are drafting him as a closer right now uh, and are going to be very upset when he's traded to wherever as a lefty uh, setup guy. Yeah, I agree. This this early in draft season, I think you're you're really setting yourself up for failure, taking Will Smith as a as a closer, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, because whoever he gets traded to isn't going to make him a closer. Um, no. The skills are still the skills are nice, um, but if as soon as he gets traded, he loses almost all value in mixed leagues. Yeah, and it, it, I mean holds leagues obviously he'll still retain value uh, because he will get kind of the lefty holds. Uh, but yeah, the chances that he is a closer for longer than you know by the start of the season is uh, I would say probably fifty fifty, and the chances that he is. Uh, a closer by the time we get to the trade deadline in July, uh, I would say is about five to ten percent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, he's currently going at pick one ninety four, uh, almost one ninety five, which isn't that big of a deal. Uh, but he is going ahead of guys like, uh, let's see. Uh, in terms of in terms of closer, he's going ahead of Michael Givens, uh, which you know, Baltimore's not going to get a lot of save opportunities, I guess. But I still think I would take Givens if I, if I'm just searching for saves. He's ahead of Viscaino. He's ahead of uh, Minter. I think I would take both those guys uh, over him. Ahead uh, of Ross Stripling. Ahead of a lot of uh, starters that I really like. So it just ahead of a tre- he's ahead of tre- uh, head of Trevor May, which I think is a huge mistake yeah. as well. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's a good name there. Yeah, it's just drafting this early. I don't. Un- if it comes down to you know middle end of March and he's still on the team, then his draft price should probably tick up a little bit. Because even if you get two months out of him, that you know you'll take it 
but at the, drafting this early, I don't I don't understand Will Smith going in that range. When you're drafting this early, and I think this is just a general strategy standpoint, drafting this early, speculating on save guys like Will Smith that are potential trade candidates or in shaky situations is always a bad bet. It just it, it just is. I mean, there there are definitely guys that I'm targeting. Like I said, you know, Trevor May is one of those guys. Even with uh, the Parker signing, I'm I'm not. I think I still think Trevor May is the guy there. But like, if I'm gonna invest in someone in this bullpen uh, in an early draft, or even as we start getting closer to draft season, if Will Smith's still on this team, it's Mark Melanson. Melanson seems to be the next man up. He's right-handed. Uh, he has a huge contract. Uh, the Giants would love to get him back to an elite level and get in saves. So that way they can try to trade that huge contract, or at least part of it. Uh, uh, Mark Melanson is going to have more saves for the Giants this year than Will Smith. Yeah, that's that's exactly kind of what I had written down here, was that between the contracts, the Giants rebuilding, and then wanting to try to boost up his value as much as they possibly can, that's that should be the next guy in line, as long as he's even... I, he doesn't even need to be Melanson from two or three years ago. He just needs to be semi-healthy, and I think he'll be the one that gets, that gets back in that role. For sure. And then I think they would do the same with uh, Watson and, and Dyson if they're able to move Melanson, which I don't believe they'll be. I, I think Melanson is kind of like the Brandon Belt contract. They're they're not they're they, they would love to move it, but unless they eat the whole thing or a, a, a large part of it, they're probably not going to be able to move him. So uh, Melanson has got two years left on his contract. He's being paid fifteen point five million dollars each year. That's not good. Yeah. Uh, anybody else you want to talk about before we wrap this thing up? Um, no, I think somebody's a little bit interesting, and I was kind of curious of how Roster Resource had this. Was They have Ray Black starting in the minors, and maybe that's partly because they have some of these veterans that haven't been traded away. Are you into, are you into Ray Black at all? Is there a chance that he could be the closer in the second half of the season for the Giants if they are fortunate enough to be able to, to move Melanson and Dyson and the likes? Yeah, the problem is they're not going to be able to move Melanson. Yeah. Uh, and well, if Mal- I mean, it's not like Melanson is the perfect picture of health. I was just thinking more for like fifty-round draft and hold kind even, of guys. If even if, even if, like for for instance, if they trade Will Smith, Mark Melanson gets hurt, then I think they give the ball to Sam Dyson because they're going to try to want to trade him. And if that doesn't work, they'll give the ball to to Tony Watson. Um, I think that Ray Black is an interesting name for next year in terms of saves. You know, after maybe they've gotten rid of some of these guys, uh, and I like Ray Black, but he still has an option. And we're a lot of this Giants bullpen are guys uh, without that are options, out of options, yeah, uh, or okay. are going to be longer men. You know, Ty Block, who's probably going to uh, kind of rotate between being long relief. They also have Travis Bergen, who's a Rule Five pick, so they can't send him down to the minors. Uh, they really like Maranta, so uh, it. They there needs to be some movement in terms of players getting off the team, whether it be via trade or uh, sent onto the DL for Ray Black to even make this squad. That being said, I think there's a chance that they could move both Will Smith and Tony Watson before the start of the season, and maybe even Sam Dyson because he's looked better uh, since coming to the Giants. So, uh, but in terms of Saves, uh, I think it's unlikely he gets uh, a ton of work this year. Maybe 2000 Dynasty League, Keeper League, 
you want to take a shot on a really cheap guy in a deeper in a really deep format, go ahead. But I, I don't. He, he could give you some interesting strikeouts, you know, help. And, yeah, definitely. And, uh, and ratio help, and maybe some holds and stuff like that down the stretch. But saves, I don't think so. Okay, good call. All right, uh, that's gonna wrap us up. Randy, why don't you tell people what you're working on and uh, where people can reach you at? Uh, Twitter at rth222, and just working on a lot of these uh, team preview pods. Colin Weatherwax and I have already knocked out a couple, and we've got a few more on the schedule. And um, helping you and the rest of the guys keep up with the draft guide that everyone should go get. Yes, draft guide coming out soon, hopefully in the next few days. Just waiting on. I got it all edited. I'm just waiting on the prospect pieces because Matt uh, Thompson, Walter McMichael, Paul Martin, uh, I believe are the three that are cramming out uh, some pretty in-depth prospect uh, pieces on every single organization uh, to go along with it. So uh, once we have those all set up, I will get it out there. You can get it on Amazon uh, or you can email me at friendsoffancybenefits at gmail.com and I can uh, sell you a PDF it's going to be cheaper than pretty much every draft guide out there, and it's one of the few ones that will continuously be updated uh, throughout the off season. So, like like Randy said, he's done his pieces, but he continues to work on them. And as soon as things change, he updates it. And so, uh, and we're doing that with the whole three hundred and whatever pages. <laughs> it's you know, it's already three hundred pages, and I haven't gotten the prospect pieces or put the ranks in. So, it's probably going to be closer to three hundred and fifty. Uh, and, uh, it's a, it's a pretty, pretty amazing deal. So, uh, definitely get that. Uh, you can reach me on Twitter at Justin Mason, F W F B email me or the show friends of fancy benefits at gmail.com. Uh, read all my stuff over on, uh, on Fangraphs, fantasy alarm, friends of fancy benefits. And, uh, and then check out the TGFBI podcast and sleeper in the bus where I'm on there as well. I uh, got some really cool stuff coming up with TGFBI. You'll hear about some of it on this podcast, but stay tuned for that. Um, for Andy and myself, thank you for listening. Have a fantastic baseball season. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.